Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about AEW and NXT. Maybe the match of the night, Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai go head-to-head. We break that down. And on the other show, AEW, we get it to Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb for that NWA Women's Championship. And how about this? The introduction of probably the hot tag team of the future of AEW. Top flight going up against the big dogs. That's right, the Young Bucks. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Did one particular match stand out to you? Yes, there was... There was one for sure on NXT that stood out to me. And this is not taking away from any of the other matches, but the main event between Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley to me was a top-notch match. Great story in the ring. Uh, It was really a showcase for Io Shirai. And then there's a big question mark coming out of what Rhea Ripley's future is going to be. And then honestly, there's two matches that stick out for me when it comes to AEW, Bully, and that is... The opening tag match with Top Flight and the Young Bucks, and then the Thunder Rosa match uh, with Serena Deeb. Those two matches stood out for me from AEW. And again, not taking anything away from any other matches, but those are the matches probably more than any other that stood out for me. I could probably go on for the next three hours talking about Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. That's how much I enjoyed their match last night. That's how damn good it was. And I'm telling you, the potential of Rhea Ripley is, I mean, I've said before, the sky is the limit. I'm watching her last night, and I'm like, not only does she rival Charlotte in stature, but I believe she has the the, the same athletic ability as Charlotte. And I'm going to ask you this. Rhea's young, right? She's, what is she, 23, 24, 25? Yeah, she's very young. Yeah, she's in her early 20s. At this stage of the game, would you say that she is as far along in the ring as Charlotte was? Wow, that's that that that's a oof. I mean, I would say they're on par for sure because if you remember with Charlotte, it didn't take her long. You know, she was only there for a cup of coffee before she became a really big star. And uh, you know, Ed Robinson just fact checked; she's twenty four years old. Um, I think when you look at Rhea Ripley and you look at Charlotte, I mean, if they were on the same show, that is gonna that's like a feud for the ages to me. When 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 I watch her, the the thing that comes to mind the most is command of her own athletic ability. And this is what I think separates uh talent, the good, the great, and the exceptional. Rhea is tall, she's about five ten, she's lanky. She's not like 
she's not like ultra thin. She's she's got a little bit of thickness to her, a good thickness to her. Um and she has control of all of it. I always compare control in the ring like a pitcher on a pitcher's mound has control of his fastball. And I know we've talked about it before, but if you can throw a fastball 90 miles an hour, that's great. But if you can't throw it for a strike, it's pretty you're pretty much worthless. Now we got to back you down to 80 and see if you can throw the 80 mile an hour fastball for a strike. So that's having command of your own athletic ability and able to put the ball where you want it. When I see women like Rhea, and and I'll put Io in there too because she did a great job last night, but Rhea is really a standout to me. She has such great control of her own athletic ability, no matter what, no matter what she's taking or no matter what she's giving. I I don't see any wasted movement in her, whether she's selling or flailing around. She doesn't just flop and flail. She. When she's flopping around, I can tell she's selling realistically. Uh, I, I have nothing but good things to say about that match. And my um, my excitement for Rhea Ripley's future is through the roof. Because obviously, she when it, when it comes to height and build, she looks like a Charlotte. She has the same stature as Charlotte. But Charlotte always looked like a wrestler's wrestler. Rhea looks like something different. She's that Furiosa character out of uh, out of Mad Max. She's that futuristic, you know, um, I don't even know the right word, this just wasteland warrior. And uh, it just the whole look, everything about her works from the minute you see her until the minute she's done. And she's Amazonian. A, yes. I mean, I guess that would be a good, a good description. I would say this, too, is... The match that we saw last night was a little bit different than a normal Rhea Ripley match in this way. Like Io Shirai, the, it's, it, the, the word dominant is, is too strong a word because she wasn't dominant in that match. But that really did feel like a showcase for Io Shirai for me. That was a way to really put Io Shirai on that next level as your NXT Women's Champion. And in order to do that, Rhea Ripley had to sell for most of that match. When she was selling that left arm bully, I mean, you want to talk about being able to sell. You you always say about, like, every move should mean something. Like, every time Io Shirai grabbed that left arm, like, you could see the pain and agony in Rhea Ripley's face. Like, that really shows you that she is so improved in the ring than what we were saying about her seven months ago. But don't forget, you know, she was in the ring with Charlotte at WrestleMania 36. A lot of people forget that because of the way WrestleMania was this past year. But she was in the ring. And there were some questions about Rhea Ripley going in and out of that match. If there were ever any questions after watching what I saw last night with Io Shirai, I think those questions are answered. I also loved it um, when Io drop-kicked Rhea right in the face. Then you could tell she was a bit busted open, whether it was from the lip or the ear. She was completely grace under pressure she got up she kind of felt her lip no no blood there she felt behind her ear oh here's where the blood's coming from and she took the blood and wiped it on her face which i marked out for i love that and then it was right back to business 
strong match, physical match. Ladies laying their stuff in, safe and snug. Uh, a, a great match. To me, it was the match of the night um, between both shows. And, and I enjoy both shows a lot, and I'm looking forward to hopefully hitting as much from both shows as we possibly can, breaking it down. And I threw it out there already on the Twitter machine this morning. For the nation, what was your favorite match of the night? Why was it your favorite match of the night? Call in and let us know. And, you know, Bully, this is what competition does, right? I mean, you know, hey, there's questions about the ratings when it came to Monday Night Raw. Hey, this is the buildup towards Survivor Series where there's no buzz. What do they do? They put two really good championship matches on Monday Night Raw. The best one being the main event between Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre where you have a title change. And people are talking about Raw. When you're going up against a show like AEW and you're NXT... You know what? You got to put your best foot forward. I think they did that last night. I think AEW is trying to do that as well. Hell, we're seeing Moxley and Kenny Omega not at a, a, for a main event for a pay per view, but that's going to be on a Wednesday night on Dynamite. I think this shows when you do have a little competition and your back's against the wall, you got to come swinging with your best punch. And I think both of those companies every Wednesday night come out swinging with their best punch. And look at the key word that you just said, competition. What were we talking about on Monday, uh, on Tuesday morning about, despite the fact that Raw was much better this past Monday, what were we talking about that, that puts Vince McMahon in his, in, in his best groove? What is, when does Vince always succeed the most? He always succeeds the most when there's competition and his back is against the wall. And if you're Vince McMahon and you've done everything you possibly could do in pro wrestling when it comes to an actual pro wrestling show and nothing is giving you competition, you kind of sit back and, and you, you're, not on, you're not on your game 24-7 like you used to be. Vince doesn't have the gun to his head every single night on Mondays anymore. There is no competition. However, Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Road Dogg do, uh, Cody Rhodes, the Bucks, and Tony Khan do, they are in direct competition competition with each other and we are benefited from it look what pat mcafee said on our show last week bully pat mcafee said he's taking this personal he knows what's going on with that other show he knows what the ratings are like so he's making it his own mission to overcome that so that tells you right there that competition especially a competitor like pat mcafee and you talk about best foot forward he took a foot from adam cole last night which was absolutely amazing and i tell you what dave over the past couple weeks as i'm watching nxt a thought keeps creeping back into my head and last night i thought about it again and i said well this is probably the third week i thought this so maybe it's time to talk about it i believe that nxt has gotten so good that i keep thinking about that letter that nxt fired off to aew week one of the competition reminding them that this is a uh, this is a marathon not a sprint and from what i'm seeing from nxt i'm thinking that they can close the gap here on wednesday nights i still um, think aew is in that honeymoon phase with that extra 100,000 to 150,000 viewers, but I think NXT can close the gap. 
Hey, everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. This is the problem, Bully, when it comes to NXT that AEW obviously does not have to deal with. And I think it kind of centers on that match that we started the show with today. And that is Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. I don't know. And I could be wrong. And I hope that I am. Judging from what I saw in that match last night, that might be the last time we see Rhea Ripley on NXT and that's the problem with NXT whether it's Keith Lee whether it's Drew McIntyre or whether it's possibly Rhea Ripley at some point you're going to be moved to the main roster it was a very clean finish right in the middle normally when that happens yeah you can see a talent moving on I'm not so sure that I would move her up at this particular moment moment because if you are going to move Rhea to the main roster, you better have one hell of a story and one hell of an opponent for her. This is the kind of talent where you do not want to make a mistake with. Listen, they didn't make mistakes with Charlotte Flair because her last name was Flair. Now, I know a lot of people just heard what I said, and they're like, you see, you see, because it's Rick's daughter. No, she earned her push. But they did not make mistakes with her because she was a flair. They scrutinized everything that was done with Charlotte. They made sure everything that was done with Charlotte was putting in, her, in, her, in a position to succeed at every turn. Same thing with Rhea. Rhea's upside is through the roof, to the moon. You cannot tamper with this talent. You cannot tamper with, with her look with her ability in the ring. Don't fuck with her makeup. Don't fuck with her gear. Don't fuck with her ability in the ring. Don't fuck with her, period. That's how strongly I feel about this woman's potential. You say it, and I'm nodding as you're saying it, doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen, Bully. I mean, this is somebody yeah, again know. that was, uh, you know, that's the that's the frustrating part, and that and listen, I'm, I don't I don't mean to be a, a a a splash of cold water, but seriously, how many times have we seen it where you know you're building and building and building, and now that's a big star on NXT to go to the main roster to kind of just tread water? I mean, it happens more often than not when it comes to a wrestler moving from NXT to the main roster, bully. I just think there is something special about Rhea. I think she has that it factor. I think she is one of those. I put her in the same category right now of potential as Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Asuka. So if I'm giving you those four names and I'm saying Rhea could stand in the ring with any four of those women, any of those four women right now, that means there's something there. Yeah. There's some potential. Okay? Look at the match we got last night. I'm watching EO versus Rhea. I'm watching two women on the third brand. 
And I'm saying to myself, this is as good as anything I get from the main roster, if not better. And I already put Io and Rhea over because I said the, ma- the last match they had was as good as Sasha and Bailey in the cage or Sasha and Bailey a couple weeks ago from SmackDown. And last night I felt the same way. So if I'm comparing Io and Rhea to Sasha and Bailey. And I'm not just doing it for the sake of doing it. I'm not sitting here today and going, oh, wow, I think we'll blow some smoke up EO and Rhea's ass. Nope. You don't get that smoke blown unless you did one hell of a job. And one, and last night, those two women did. And I hope when Rhea, and EO for that matter, gets called up, they don't tamper with it. But they screwed with Asuka, so who the hell knows? Yeah, and, and listen... I mean, it's almost custom-made for Rhea to be moved up because SmackDown right now has a couple openings when it comes to their Survivor Series women's team, and they're and they're pushing and pushing it. Bully, you just said it on Tuesday's show. Like, who could possibly come into that team where it's like a wow? Well, you want to get a wow, Rhea Ripley would be a wow. Now, not necessarily the best thing for Rhea, but who knows? Maybe she is that type of superstar hell she was at wrestlemania 36 in a main event match with charlotte so obviously she's somebody they want to move to the main roster sooner rather than later that might happen as soon as this weekend in your opinion how does Rhea look in her 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 uh regular outfits and her gear Oh, I I think when she's in her gear she screams superstar she she screams she screams champion She's got one hell of a look, right? Yes. What about Sasha lately over the past three, four months? What do you think about Sasha's look? I think the same thing. Sasha's next level. Yes. How about Sasha and Rhea standing right right, face to face? And because Io's only about 5'1", 5'2", and Rhea is 5'10". So last night you saw the height difference. Yes, you did. But But it really... It, it, it didn't matter because they worked. Io worked up enough to Rhea's stature, and Rhea Rhea worked down just a smidge enough to make it good for Io. So Sasha is smaller, but I believe she is taller than Io. So that face to face will work. And Sasha is one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet. So the match is going to be better. The psychology is going to be better. The registering is going to be better. The selling is going to be better. And the physicality will be good. Because when you light Sasha up a little bit, that's when you bring the best out of her. So best guess, Bully, do you think there is a... A, a, a fair to Midland or a really good chance she's getting moved up this weekend? The only reason I would guess fairly good is because of the strong loss last night. What 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 do you, what do you normally do on the way out? You lose. You get pinned. Clean. You put somebody over strong, right? Yep. Unless you're Bret Hart. Um, you put somebody <laughs> over strong. It's a joke, Bret. Please, all due respect, sir. It's um, not really, though. <laughs> no, that's messed up, LaGreca. Why are you, you know talking what? about I, Bret Hart I, like that? You know what, Bully? Before the show today, believe it, it's so crazy. I was watching Wrestling with Shadows before the show today. If Natty hears you burying Bret, she's going to call into the show and she's going to bury you. 
You know how Natty is. She'll throw that cat at you. I'm just saying, you're going to WCW. I mean, probably the, you know, I I get it. You're Canadian. It's it's not happening in your backyard. It's in Montreal. You can can get pinned. Two paws will hit you with all four paws. (laughs) I love that. Two paws over. Let's let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm saying is she did, she, she, you know, they they had her go out on her back, clean in the middle, strong with EO's finish. I mean, you know, most of the time we talk about wrestlers being entirely too protected. Um, normally, when something like that happens, you're moving out of the territory, you're moving on. I really can't see Rhea moving on to another angle or story within Anna's Key because I just don't know who would be with. Although Rhea and Shotzi would be interesting. Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine Podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine Podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime on the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with Stitcher. You're not very hopeful that Rhea will get the treatment that I hope she gets. Bianca Belair is another one of those talents that I just think that they should be doing so much more with. Yeah, I like think push her, draft push her. her to, yeah, push her to the moon, too. Hopefully I mean, Rhea doesn't fall into that Bianca territory where she's just kind of in the middle of the pack with everybody. And I don't get it because, you know, and you could say this the same thing about, you know, Zelina Vega before before everything that happened last week. Like when Zelina was on Raw, they were really building her towards something. And then the draft happened. She went to SmackDown. She just became a, another wrestler. And the same things kind of ha- happened with Bianca Belair. They did such a great job with the vignettes. And then since then, they, they, they first of all, they put her on pause once they brought her to the main roster. They had those vignettes. They got you so excited about her. And now it seems like they put her back on pause again. Hate it. Hate it. Yeah. Because I was as high on Bianca as I was on Rhea. And Bianca has more charisma than Rhea does. Like, Rhea is the total package. But Bianca is right there next to her. They both are probably the most impressive, some of the most impressive women in all ways, shapes, and forms that I've seen come up in a long time. You know, Bianca's got that, she's got that swagger. Well, I mean, Bully, you, you look at Rhea, main eventer. You look at Bianca Belair, main eventer. What's, what's the story they're building on SmackDown? Sasha Banks and Carmella. No disrespect to Carmella, but a change in character that I don't like. And I'm sorry, she's not on that upper echelon of talent where you need to be in a feud with Sasha Banks. She she, she looks as good as all the other women does, but in the ring, she's not as good as a Bianca Belair or a Rhea Ripley. That, it, that's just it. Because Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley are superior athletes. They're athletes first. This is where you start to see the difference in wrestlers. Athletic ability, athletic background. Mark Henry is not going to go to bat for a, a, a woman like um, uh, Bianca Belair unless he sees the athletic superiority in her. And you can also see that athleticism in Rhea. I want to read another tweet real quick, Stephen P.A. I'm almost willing to bet that Rhea will be moved to Raw and help Lana put Nia through a table. That'd be a good little debut for Rhea, good little spot. You know, Rhea's big enough, strong enough to help put Nia through the table. So, eh, maybe, we'll see.
Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe that's something that could happen. Again, I, I just get nervous. I think you understand why. When it comes to certain talents coming off of NXT, and that's, again, to go back to your original question from earlier in the show, that's why I think it's very, very difficult for NXT to close this gap because they wanted to promote NXT as a third brand. That was the big push last year at Survivor Series. Hey, this is NXT. Here's the talent on NXT. And then they actually had NXT dominate at Survivor Series last year. They have completely pulled back on that. And they now say, hey, it's no longer on par with the main roster. That's why as soon as you get a superstar like a Rhea Ripley, like a Keith Lee, eventually they're going to leave to go to the main roster. That's why it's it's hard. It's very, very hard to close that gap if you're NXT, Bully. Well, uh, I, I'm not saying that they're going to surpass them, but I do think that they ha- they've been doing things in the past couple of months to close the gap. Uh, is, is, AE, is NXT the more fun show? No. Like last night, the whole Vegas thing with the inner circle. It was fun. You know, am I seeing anything on NXT to that level of fun? No, not yet. Maybe they have some talents there that they can write for that can pull it off. But, I mean, when you have an MJF and a Jericho and, you know, the whole supporting crew there, it's going to be hard to top that fun. You know, them, you know, uh, doing a spoof on The Hangover last night. And how do you not laugh at it? How do you not laugh at a bloated Jericho tripping over somebody on the streets of Jer- you know, on the streets of Vegas? Look like he's on vodka and growth hormone. But you know what, though, you, I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know how to how to add to that. Uh, but you know what, I loved what I saw on NXT with Leon Ruff and Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano. Like I loved that. But again, like you're building towards something that's really great. But I can see Damian Priest at some point, especially now that he doesn't have that championship title, being moved to the main roster. And now you got to shift everything. And now everything has to change. And the story you're moving towards has to go in a completely different direction. Because, again, this is my perception. Doesn't mean it's reality, but this is my perception. When Vince McMahon wants somebody on the main roster, do you really think that he cares that you're in the middle of a story or a feud on NXT? No, not at all. Uh, And you know what? Moving guys and gals up to the main roster is just fine. But please have something in mind for them, not just like, hey, Vince, this... Hey, hey, Vince, this talent is really getting over in NXT. We should think about bringing them up. Damn it. Let's do it. What do we got for them? Well, Vince, we we really don't have a story or anything for them yet, but uh, damn it, they're over. Do it. I love it. And that's when you're dead in the water. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and I keep going back to Rhea and Bianca. These, man, if I had the pencil with those two talents... I would I would hit the gas pedal and never let my foot off of it. Never. Main old school. Old Main school event. push. Press and that they, gas pedal as hard as you can and leave your foot down forever. And listen, and only bully, come off of it when it's time to. And listen, bully. Like I I was saying, I'm nervous. There's times that it's failed, but as we do know, there are times where it's succeeded. We have seen talent go from NXT to the main roster, and it worked. I I hope and I pray. Now, listen, this may not happen. I'm not saying that this is. But when you look at what happened last night and the way that Io Shirai beat Rhea Ripley 
and the way Rhea Ripley embraced Io Shirai outside that ring. And by the way, Bully, quick off of that. They went quick off of that into the Pat McAfee stuff. They they, they didn't hang on it. They, they went boom. Gone and moved on. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. Let's talk about the AEW women. All right. I like that. You're a big Thunder Rosa, Mark. I am. I got the Thunder Rosa shirt on. Look at you. Oh, yeah. Did you pay for it? No. I, I, well, I did. I did. <laughs> there you I go. Did. There I you did. go. I support, I support the Thunder Rosa. Did you, did you pay for it? No. Uh, oh, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I don't want to look like a cheapskate again. No. I did. Okay, so what'd you think of the match? I loved it. I loved the match with Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa. Ed and I actually talked about this match yesterday, and I thought since she is signed to the NWA and Serena Deeb is signed with AEW, I thought Thunder Rosa was going to win that NWA championship back. That did not happen. What did happen is interference from Britt Baker, and now you're seeing a story build with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. First of all, though, when you go to the match, and I really did love the match between those two, that first half of that match, there was the, some great, like, you know, quote-unquote mat wrestling between Thunder Rosa and Serena Deep, and I am extremely intrigued what could be the future of that feud with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. I definitely agree. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa could be the woman's feud that AEW so desperately needs because they're trying very, very hard with their women's division, but nothing is, no story is getting real traction there. Yes, I liked the match last night. I thought Serena and Thunder Rosa did well. Good match. I did not like the Britt Baker involvement. Or let me be a little bit more specific. I didn't like the positioning of the Britt Baker involvement. Can I, can yeah, I guess what you didn't like about it? Would it have sure. been better if it was near the end of the match instead of the middle of the match? Ding, ding, ding. Circle gets the square. Johnny, tell him what he's won. We're out of rice aroni We're out of turtle wax. And we're out of dinty more beef stew. Armor all? Boom. You've won a year's <laughs> supply of armor all. Um, uh, Britt Baker's involvement didn't mean anything last night. So here you got uh, Rebel jumping the rail to distract the referee. Britt comes in, hits a twisty, gimmicky gimmick bomb on, on, uh, on Thunder Rosa on the stage, rolls her back in. You got a two count out of it. Well, then, then everything that you just did did not work. And I don't, I, if, if, if we were farther down the line... In their story, maybe, but not right at the beginning. Whatever interference you should have had should have worked. You should have been the reason that that, that the match ended. And then match is over, and Britt is right back there in the front row, and Thunder Rosa gets her receipt immediately. Drags her over the rail. The minute Thunder Rosa gets her hands on Britt, 
She's basically got her receipt. Now, maybe not 100% of her receipt, but enough of it where I'm like, I'm not foaming at the mouth to see her get her hands on Brit. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not like foaming at the mouth for it. I think the positioning of the interference could have been better. I don't think we needed to see the, the, the face-to-face or the pulling over the rails. Or if they had to give it to us, they could have given it to us in the back. They could have had Thunder Rosa going to her car and then out of the corner of her eye saw Brit and, and uh, Rebel in the parking lot whatever, and sprinted across the parking lot and beat the piss out of her right there. I just, the positioning of it to me last night did not work. However, I really enjoyed the women's match. Yeah, I, I thought the match was really good. They have chemistry together, Serena and Thunder Rosa. Now, I agree with you because I saw that and I was like, well, it didn't really matter because the interference, like you said, got a two count. And then after that, Thunder Rosa did get some offense in after that as well. So it really didn't cause the loss in the match. Though, I will give credit. Once again, to Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, because both JR and Tony Schiavone said it probably did enough to weaken Thunder Rosa where it may have caused the loss at the end of the match. They did a really good job last night. Once again, Tony Schiavone and JR. I would look at Britt Baker as the top heel in the women's division. She should not be doing anything that weakens anybody. She should be doing something that costs somebody a victory. That's how you hit the gas pedal on Britt Baker. Britt is doing a good enough. That's Dr. Britt Baker, by the way. Doctor with a period at the end. Britt, I hope you're listening. Make sure you put the period at the end, Britt. Otherwise, you're not a real doctor. P.S. You're not a real doctor anyway because you're a dentist. So if if you're going to hit the gas pedal on Dr. Britt, everything that Dr. Britt does has to mean something. Last night, that swing and neck breaker, you know, that, that, that fisherman's hook suplex swing and neck breaker that she did on the, the stage, what did it mean, Dave? It didn't really mean anything at the end. And of the God day. bless Jr. and Shivani for for covering that up just enough. And this is where this is where veteran announcers or veteran wrestlers have to go out of their way to make sure younger wrestlers don't do stuff that are going to hurt themselves. Because Jr. knows immediately that doesn't do Britt Baker any good. If you're going to come in, if you're going to tell Rebel, you distract the ref while I hit her with this move on the stage so we could screw her real good, it's got to mean something. Yep. Also, I love the fact where Tony Schiavone jumped in at the end of the match and said, you know what, when Serena Deeb sees the video of this match, she's going to get upset that there was interference because she didn't see the interference. She was outside the ring. So she never saw that interference. He goes, you know what? She's going to get upset. So it keeps that story going as well because it is interesting that this is for the NWA championship. Thunder Rosa right now, we had her on the show, Bully. She is signed with the NWA. Britt Baker, I agree with you. She is the top of the food chain when it comes to the women's division in in AEW. So... Is this going to continue to food uh, a feud with Serena Deeb, or 
is it going to be with Thunder Rosa? It's very interesting what the future of that title means in AEW. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. By the way, Bully, uh, Ed's doing a great job, as always, producing the show. Uh, Max, our intern, is doing phenomenal as well. Mike, the video guy, Daniela, doing great stuff. You know who's absent from the show today, Bully? The girl. Gabby. The girl. I wonder if Gabby, knowing that Wardlow was going to be in Vegas, took a flight to Vegas to try to catch up with the boys. Wow. The tomato got on a plane to catch up with Wardlow. She loves Wardlow. Ed, have we heard look, look from at Gabby him. at all? Look at, look at him. He's a damn handsome man, too. He's like Drew McIntyre. Just a good-looking, rugged-looking man. Radio silence from Gabby. Whoa. Not one wow. word. Not one iota. She didn't even call in? To text her. No. Just disappeared. Maybe the aliens Sorry, see ya. Bye-bye. No, I think she's out in Vegas. I think she's she looking is. to see, find out uh, where Wardlow is. Well, Nation, you know what to do. Pick up your Twitter machines. Find out where Gabby is. Where in the world is Gabby the girl? <laughs> yeah, where, where, She's like where, the busted open version of Carmen San Diego. Right? <laughs> do it, Rockapella. <laughs> where in the world is Gabby? And here's the other thing, too. You know she was a big fan of Randy, but Randy dropped the WWE Championship on Monday. So Dave, now it's all about Wardlow. Randy's old news. Wardlow is... That's today. It's in the Randy now. went from Viper to Rattlesnake. He's been downgraded. <laughs> <laughs> we kid. We hope Gabby's okay. Ed, if you <laughs> could find her whereabouts, though, because we are concerned. I will. Please. Also, speaking of AEW. Me, not another... so much. Me, not so much. No, but Bully's like, Bully's, yeah, Bully doesn't Get care. guns back. Oh, Jesus, Louise. <laughs> that guy. Don't be off the air for fucking 30 minutes. Get that guy on. Well, you know, we talked a lot about Rhea Ripley. We talked a lot about Thunder Rose and Serena Deep. And we mentioned Britt Baker. We have Steve in New Jersey, bully, that wants to talk about Britt Baker. What's going on, Steve? What do you want to say about Britt Baker? Hey. hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for taking my call. You got like, it. Um, I appreciate Britt Baker. Who would not want to look at Britt Baker? But the only thing sometimes I have questions about, like her ring work, there's something about it that's like a little awkward to me. Like, it's not crisp, but like, say, like a Rhea Ripley or a Charlotte Flair or a Sasha Okay, so, so let me stop you right there, Steve. So when was yeah. the last time, if, if you're going to make a comment like that on somebody's ring work, you have to be yeah, able yeah. to back it up with some kind of fact. When was the last time you saw Britt Baker in the ring? Well, she's been injured. So when was the last time you saw her in a ring? Probably a couple months she's been injured. But, um, okay, she's been injured. So like, how can you make how can you make an assessment about her ring work this morning if she's been injured for so long and we haven't seen her in a ring? Well, hopefully she comes back better than ever. Yeah, I understand that, but you specifically called in to talk about her ring work. 
What about the last time you saw her, which was months and months ago, about her ring work did you not yeah, like? And, do, and is it fair to be talking about her ring work this morning when last night we saw a good segment with her? No, her character's, her character's awesome. I would never criticize her character. I know, Steve, but you, but Steve, I, I listen, Steve, we love you. But you just called in today to call Britt Baker out about her ring work when you haven't seen her in the ring in months. Correct. I could see that point. <laughs> okay. Because, okay, bye. Have a because, nice day. Because, Steve, I mean, today is not a day. To, today is a day where you're like, wow, Britt Baker's got a presence about her. Britt Baker is great on the mic. Like Steve said, she's got a great character. But you only saw her make one move. Last night, like I, to, today, if I'm looking at Britt Baker, I'm extremely excited and intrigued about the future with her, with either Serena Deeb in that NWA championship or Thunder Rosa. I mean, I'd be more I, than happy to have any conversation when it's when, when it's applicable to what we just saw last night. I might not agree with the positioning of what they did with Britt last night, but everything that I saw from Britt last night was good. Britt's a star. Britt Baker's Absol a star. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to call him and say, oh, well, you know, her ring work, blah, blah, blah. No, sorry. Wrong day. And by the, and the other thing, too, if you're going to compare her to like, well, who, who are the two wrestlers he compared it to? Rhea Ripley and Charlotte? I mean, come on now. Like, easy. Like, now you, you're comparing her to a wrestler that's not even on the same show. Like, that's not fair. I'm sorry, but that's not fair, guys. Come on. It, you Bully... You know what? It's okay to be excited. It's okay to love wrestling. It's okay to watch a show and like it. Like, if we're doing a recap of AEW and NXT, you're going to call and say Britt Baker does, isn't as crisp in the ring as somebody like Rhea Ripley? Come on now. That's a little too harsh. I got to clean my – is it okay if I take another call? I got to clean my palate a little bit. Yeah, take okay? another call. You know, yeah, I want to – you know who – I want to go to Izzy. It's okay if of I go to Izzy. Do. Here we go. There's a half an hour. <laughs> Izzy, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. What did you think of AEW and NXT last night? So as you guys know, I was not into NXT last week, but I was into it last night. Now getting into AEW first, I really enjoyed the first match. I love the whole concept that they're using talent that we usually don't get to see to face the top guys, who in this case it's the Young Bucks. Um, I just think it's a really smart business move, and I really like that we got to see Top Flight kind of, like, show off everything they got. I was also into Pack versus the Blades. I was, like, an emotional roller coaster. I really loved that. And then, of course, I love Serena Deep versus Thunder Rosa. Now, getting into NXT, I know everybody's talking about Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley. Now, I'm talking on behalf of my experience at the Capitol Wrestling Center. There was a lot going on that it was really hard to get into. You had the doctors running around the ring. You saw the ref giving directions, which I know is a normal thing, but, you know, it was just like there's just so much happening. And I was, like, looking all over the place that I really couldn't focus on what was happening inside the ring. But I think what happened afterwards where the Undisputed Era returned, I feel like that kind of made up for the match. Um I think that whole thing was a perfect setup for war games. But overall, I thought AEW and NXT were really good. Um, definitely think NXT had the gas in the tank to get to the end of the year, or in this case, war games. You know what? Uh, 
Izzy, great call as always. And I, I love that Izzy watches both shows and Izzy loved both shows. Thanks, Izzy. And she did mention War Games. We got the announcement. We are going to get the return of War Games. So I'm really looking forward to that next month, Bully. And she also mentioned uh, Top Flight and that match with the Young Bucks that started off AEW. And it was so interesting. And I, and I first of all, I thought the match was excellent. And I love Top Flight. And again... Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone did an excellent job putting those guys over. And you know what they did to AEW that really put them over? Was the video package that they showed of Top Flight before that match. And how about hearing this, Bully? That they're both saying that they grew up watching the Young Bucks. Think about that statement for a second. They grew up watching Young Bucks. Why? Because one is 20. The other one is just 19. I thought a really good job putting them both over last night by AEW. Um, I enjoyed it just as much. The number one thing that AEW did last night with Top Flight was they made me care about them. I have no idea who these two kids are. One's 19, one's 21. They're from Minneapolis, right? Trained by Ken Anderson, my yep. former vice president. Well, Sergeant Arms, I don't remember. Um <laughs> They made me care right off the bat with the vignette. And those kids sounded very natural. They talked. I love the fact that they said that they, they swung for the fences and they hit Matt Jackson up on the old Twitter machine. They got a response. That whole package got me invested in them. Now I see them wrestle for the very first time. Bang, I'm into them. Wow, I want to see what these two kids can do. How are they going to register? How are they going to sell? How are they going to, most importantly, handle the pressure? Now, a spot fest match like they had last night isn't exactly in my wheelhouse, but I can appreciate it for what it was because it's what those two kids do. It's what the young bucks do. So for what it was last night, I thought Top Flight did a hell of a job. And honestly, I think they're light years better than Private Party. Light years at this moment right now. I th Those two kids were crisp. They were clean. They were poised. They didn't get nervous. They did everything that they needed to do really well. I didn't see like the deer in the headlights look from them. I didn't see the jitters. I was a lot more impressed with Top Flight than I was with, with Private Party. And you know why? And, and this is not a disrespect to Private Party, but when I see Private Party in the ring, it's almost like we're happy to be here. I didn't get that from Top Flight. You saw a hunger in them that you're supposed to be seeing from a young team that's getting this opportunity. And listen, you didn't expect Top Flight to win, but man, that was a nice, like, what, 12 and a, 12 and a half minute match last night that really showed how good this team could be. It was a good showcase match. Um, the story of hitting Matt up on social media, the vignette, they connected the dots really, really well to open the show. And I loved the finish. Do you know why, Dave? Why is that? Think about it. Why did I love the finish? What did they end the match with? The double knees to the face. Yeah, the double uh, knees the, to the face, yeah. The, what is it called? The being the elite, the um, yeah, BTE. And that's how it, it ended, right? It, was, it ended yes. with the two. Yes, okay. Yes, why did I like that so much? Because it was one of their finishers. But it's not their... Their number one number finisher, one finish, and I'm not yeah. call, and I'm not saying their number one finisher by name. 
I understand. Um, <laughs> we could call it the Dave. The, uh, let's call it the LaGreca driver. Okay. They didn't win with the LaGreca driver. But, they won with the double knees to the face, which is good because the Bucks shouldn't need their number one kill shot to beat a team like Top Flight. And I loved, like, I loved seeing, like, you know, Nick Jackson, like, not frustration in his face, but kind of like, wow, these these fucking kids are pretty good. Like, that's like the look he was given throughout that match. And, and same with Matt as well. And you're right. They didn't hit it with their their quote unquote finisher finisher. But one of those like one of those moves that they use leading up to their finish, because you're right. This is a These are two guys that are 21 and 19. You know, they, they've been in pro wrestling for a cup of coffee. It shouldn't take their finisher to beat them in the middle of the ring. Another thing that impressed me, and I think this was the older brother who was in the ring. He threw a clothesline, a back elbow, and a drop kick, or maybe one other real physical move. And the clothesline and the back elbow elbow were there. This wasn't like a 125-pound scrawny kid just kind of like, throwing a lazy clothesline or, or or a smaller guy who didn't know how to throw a clothesline, he popped that clothesline. He popped that back elbow. So when I'm seeing these two high-flying kids that I know can do all the flippity-floppity stuff also give me good physicality, I'm into it. I'm like, good. Lay your shit in. This way, I believe in you even more. And those two guys made me believe last night. And you know what's uh, crazy about it too, Bully, is that you saw that same aggression and physicality from the Young Bucks. That's now two Young Buck matches in a row where I'm talking about storytelling and physicality. Because a lot of times with the Young Bucks, you don't really get that. But you got that in the match with FDR at, at Full Gear. And then here's the, now that's a match that they build up for three years. And then you get a match that kind of got put together because one of the members of Top Flight's a big fan and DM, you know, the Young Bucks. I, I, I thought that was a really good way. But again, the basis and the foundation that made me care about Top Flight was the, was the video package that they showed before the match. That was just enough to get me emotionally invested in that team. Really good job by AEW. Hey everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pan Pandora and Apple Podcasts. Tomorrow is New Jersey Appreciation Day, and we're going to celebrate New Jersey Appreciation Day on the show tomorrow. And do you know who Ed Robinson booked to come on New Jersey Appreciation Day tomorrow? The governor. No. He's too busy. He's too busy. <laughs> no, who? Dave Sake Sabo. No, though that's a, though he can definitely join in if he wants to. John Bon Jovi. No, he's too busy. Uh, Paulie Walnuts. No, not big enough. Uh, Frankie the Fixer. No, he's busy as well. Corey Graves. Oh, you having Corey on uh, with Mark? That's great. No, but it's but it's more a fact that we're having Corey Graves on for New Jersey Appreciation Day. He, he's not. He's not. He doesn't appreciate New Jersey. He's a no, shadow he will of New York after guy. tomorrow. He will tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know. Why don't we'll you offer out. him a 
Doesn't everyone get a free pork roll sandwich on Jersey Appreciation oh, Day? Oh, God, Ed. Is it pork roll or Taylor ham? Ed, yeah. Why, what, 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 what part of Jersey do you live in? Is it the, the Taylor ham or, or pork roll section? I am it's, north. The state's so split it, in it half, is right? Taylor ham. Okay. But when you were south, what was it? I never lived in the south, okay? Real New Jerseyans call it Taylor ham, not pork roll. You know what we do on Long Island? We oh, put yeah, bacon yeah, on it because bacon is far roll, superior. Jeez, Louise. Bacon, egg, and cheese. Bacon. Salt, pepper, bacon, ketchup. Egg, and yes. Bacon, egg, you know and cheese. You know Pepper jack cheese. Nice, Ooh. little pepper jack. Yeah. little heat. little heat. Spice it up a little. Can I get a Taylor ham, egg, and cheese? Does it sound stupid? It's so hey, good. you're from Jersey. What exit? Uh, I don't Isn't think Taylor Ed, Ham basically baloney? I think I think Ed needs to take the day off tomorrow. Uh oh. If we can find Gabby for crying out loud, maybe Gabby could fill in. If we can she sent me a text. Some Somebody point. tweet Wardlow. Tweet Wardlow and ask him where Gabby is. T- tweet Wardlow and say Wardlow, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow, Ed. You know what? You're back on the show. You, right. I don't give a shit if you call a pork roll. You're back on just for that comment alone. Wow. Jeez. Oh, yeah. I said we did have some news about the Thunderdome. Yeah, we do. Let me find this because everyone's arguing. All the the video guy, Mike, the video guy, and the intern are arguing about pork roll and uh, and and Taylor Ham. But um, come December 11th, the Thunderdome is leaving the uh, the Orlando Arena. The Amway Center, and they are moving to Tropicana, Tropicana Field for the foreseeable future come December 11th, which is a episode of SmackDown on Fox. So uh, the the Tampa Bay Rays actually sent out uh, whether well, is a is this um, Ed, is this released from the WWE from the WWE? Is this tweeted from the WWE's account? Well, the story that I sent you guys is from Variety. This was just released today. Okay. Or actually, no, technically, uh, yeah, this morning. This morning, and the WWE che- uh, tweeted it as well. It says, the Tampa Bay Rays are excited to welcome the WWE to Tropicana Field for the residency and shine and spotlight on the Tampa Bay area for WWE fans around the world. And this is coming from Matt Silverman, uh, Tampa Bay Rays president. He said, the ballpark will be transformed to host the spectacle of the WWE Thunderdome, allowing fans to enjoy this widely popular experience virtually. So I'm wondering, Bully, from from that quote, if we are going to see something similar to Daly's place or this is just going to be the Thunderdome in uh, Tropicana Field. It's going to be at Tropicana. Let's just say that the WWE let uh, as many people as AEW was letting in right now, which is about a thousand, right? A thousand yeah. people are going to get really lost in Tropicana Field. A yeah. thousand people in Daly's place because Daly holds like what ten, twelve thousand. It's an outdoor, you know, amphitheater. Not even shed. that. I think it's more like I think Daly Place holds more like around six thousand. Oh, okay. So that thousand yeah. people in th- that six thousand venue, you can hear them, you can feel them, you can see it. It's just enough right now. I think a thousand people get lost at Tropicana. But listen, you know how Vince is. I wouldn't be surprised if he opened up fifty percent of the place. But it's it just from from the Tampa Bay Rays president. He says 
you know, this popular virtual experience and they are calling it the Thunderdome. So I'm wondering if they're just going to do the Thunderdome that we've seen each and every WWE Raw and SmackDown and just have it in Tropicana Field. If they do that, I think it's I, I think it's something that could be lost because to me, if first of all, how difficult is it? to do the Thunderdome in a baseball stadium. It's one thing to do it in an arena, but a baseball stadium, it's going to be, I would think, more difficult unless they just make that bigger. Uh, Oh, without a doubt. Vince doesn't do anything small. It's going to be very grand. It's going to, it's going to be, I, I would say that the staging and if they're going to be there for a while and you're doing Raw and SmackDown out of there and it's a TV product, you're going to want it to look WrestleMania-esque every week. If there's no fans there, you got to give the people at home something to look at. You got to yeah. smoke and mirror this thing up. You got to give me the, the, the screens, the, 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 the pyro, the, the everything. Now I'm. I, listen. I, I mean, I don't do, does WWE ever not do their production the right way? No, they do the top notch. They were exactly. late, but they were late to the party when it came to the pandemic. But understandably, they you know everybody kind of came a little bit late. Though AEW definitely did, I think, a better job at the start than what the WWE was just having every show at the performance center. But you know what? You got to give them a little bit of slack because this is something that hit everybody, blindsided everyone. Now, I would think this would take us into April when Major League Baseball comes back. So, you know, hopefully they can be here until April. And and listen, I don't know all the facts, Bully. I'm just kind of thumbnailing here, man. But it sounds like they're getting closer and closer to a vaccination. I know the numbers are spiking right now. But it seems like they're getting closer and closer to a way to treat this virus. So who knows where we're going to be come April? Because then it's the spring. The weather starts to change. Hopefully we're in a much better place in April than we are right now. And then maybe we could see where the WWE goes from there when baseball overtakes Tropicana Field in April. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.